Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So today's show is going to be an interesting show because I have Jen on here. So Jen is multiple different things. Obviously, she is a a woman that's a, a mother of a kid that's a budding YouTuber. We just had like a sidebar conversation about her son becoming a YouTuber, and I'm like trying to push her and help her to get her son to become a YouTuber for obvious reasons. But more so than that, like you guys know, I always give whoever I'm interviewing a nickname. So the nickname for this individual is going to be the Transformation Boss. And the reason for that is obviously she does multiple different things. She helps entrepreneurs, but she's also a president of a of our networking chapter of the Success Champions uh, in Atlanta, right? So without further ado, Jen, why don't you tell people a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Well, you want me to start. So um, I love the name, Transformation Boss. That is at the core of everything I do is aligning people into their purpose so that they can move through life and have a huge impact. But where it comes from is truly from the wounds of the past and the things that people can take the med, I call it sacred medicine. That's what my last book is written about is taking the medicine from the wounds and transforming it into helping other people into creating a path for other people and illuminating our own path into the next best, biggest vision. Nice, nice. Hence why Transformation Boss fits her well, right? So just, just, dive in, just dive into you a little bit more, right? Like if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words be? Well, clearly badass, <laughs> badass, fierce, um, compassionate, driven, and action taker. Action taker. Very nice. Right. So when you're taking action, right, like, like what's the first thing that, that you're helping someone do when they come to you? Like what action is the first and primary thing that you're going to help someone do? Understand their truth. And I do that by working with them in, in, in unique ways, but really helping them access their internal GPS system. Because I think a lot of people are going 100% from the mental realm. And when they do that, they create uh, false blocks, false limitations. They stop themselves before they even really get rolling and started, or they think that they're not good enough or worthy enough. So this is more than mindset work. It's deep-seated work that goes even into our generational beliefs. But when I get people to tap into the truth of who they are, their, their authentic self, huh. they start getting this really fierce intuition that it, like when we talk from going from our gut, it's that, but so much more. Then we don't self-doubt. We just know what we know. And then they take action much more clearly and not just taking action, but taking the right action taking the right steps. Nice, nice. So I think you were talking about, you know, like detours. So like my next question is like, so obviously your goal is to get someone on the right path, to head them in the right direction. And whatever that direction is, whether it's spiritual, whether it's wealth, whether it's intellectual, you're going to help them in that direction. So a lot of times you may find someone that's on a detour, right? They may be heading to New York, but they're in like Washington, right? They're, they're in Canada. They're nowhere near their mark. So yeah, what is yeah. the worst experience that you've ever had to deal with a client that was way off target and you had to kind of say, okay, 
stop detouring and let's get on the right path. Well, first of all, I think there's no such thing as mistakes as long as we don't choose to keep repeating the same ones. So everything leads us to something that brings in a source of knowledge and wisdom for us to do better on the next few steps. So first thing is, is when they start going off track is I try to help them understand the lessons learned by doing what they just did. Right. For example, like I signed up for a training that was the wrong training for me. I didn't grab anything from the training itself, but I met like five people who have launched my career. Right. The training itself, what I paid for didn't feed me or nurture me, but the people I met, I needed to meet. So from that access, I don't think that we make a wrong, wrong step, but we can follow our intuition and make the steps quicker. I think when people detour, you still get to where you're going. It just takes you a little longer to get there. And a lot of times it's self-inflicted pain going that way because of the frustration that we go along the way. But you still pick up golden nuggets no matter what. So what I help people do is work through the challenges and understand the whys and hows of what they've just received. Nice. Very nice. So, I mean, you're kind of talking about steps and I think you keep saying action, you keep saying steps and I keep doing this right here because I'm going to feed into like your dance background a little bit. Right. So, I mean, obviously like you have a background of a dancer and like your analogies are kind of indirectly, you're talking about dancing a little bit. So in dancing, there's obviously hurdles, right? You may step on someone's foot, you may, you know, break a leg. When, what's like the hurdles? Like, how are you overcoming these hurdles with your clients? Like, how are you guiding them? Are you using like the strategy of dance and telling them the step-by-steps? How do you do that? It depends on the person. There are hurdles with people that have um, bad, say, body image, and that keeps them from being seen and present. So my dance knowledge does come in handy with that. I was coaching women on the dance floor, helping them step in and be seen and have a magnetic presence. So I do use dance to help women be more magnetic, be more seen, be more energized. You can have the best presentation and the best elevator speech, but if there's no energy behind it and you don't have your self-worth in check, then nobody's going to hear your message, right? Nobody's going to see um, see the real you or the value in what you have to offer. And it was the same with dancers. The best dancers could be on stage, but if they had no magnetic energy and presence, but they were technically perfect, mm. they're boring to watch. And some of the lower level dancers might get out there with these big smiles and all this energy and this fierce style. The steps might not be quite right, but you seen them and you remembered them. Mm. And I want all of my um, women that come to me that are building their businesses, I want them to be seen and remembered and that's where referrals come in more easily. They make a mark on the world and they're not scared to show up. They're not scared to be who they authentically are, no matter what steps gets them there. I hear that passion pouring out. It's kind of like, it's like you're dancing with words, right? I mean, you're, you're literally pouring your heart into it. And I mean, all your analogies about like the footwork and, and, and people's figures and all that, I mean, it comes through. So I think part of what you just said, I mean, you talked about women multiple different times. So let's talk about like your ideal avatar. I mean, obviously, I think women is a, the primary functionality of who you're working with, but let's define that. Like, who are you really looking for to work with? Uh, if I have to narrow it down, it would be women 40 and up uh -huh. that are, are business owners or executives that are badass. They own their craft, whatever that is. Uh -huh. They're incredibly talented. They are heart-driven. 
and they want to have a transformational presence in the world. They want to have an impact. I'm not looking for people just that want to make a quick buck, even though part of what I do, it's wealth consciousness. It's helping people be wealthy in all areas of life. I want the people that really are the change makers. Nice. So, I mean, just talk about that journey for a minute and let's talk about more and relative to like your journey. We alluded to like your dance career. We alluded to like where you are right now. And anyone that's hearing this podcast for the first time, they may be like, wow, this person, she has her shit together. Uh, I, I, she's, I'm embracing who she is. I want to be more like her. But you may be a perception of an overnight success. But in reality, how long have you been on this journey? How long has it taken you to get to where you are right now? Oh my gosh. I think we are all on the journey from day one, to be honest. But um, I'd say when I really knew I was on the spiritual journey was long after I was already on the spiritual journey. My gifts came in at 17 and a half, my biggest gifts, which I wrote about in my book, Sacred Medicine. But where it really hit home is through the the battle of infertility. So I was a professional dancer working with my husband finally he talked me into let's have kids and I thought it was going to be easy right you know you try as a woman to not get pregnant most of the time (laughs) and so I thought it was going to be an easy thing and it it wasn't easy it was um it was torture It, it really was torture it took 10 years lots of doctors felt like a lab rat felt like my body wasn't doing the one thing that a woman's body is supposed to do it put a lot of hardship on our marriage um, that took us down in, um, it was infertility, infidelity. And, um, out of that infidelity, there was just some really hard knocks that put me in a really dark place. And I had trouble pulling myself back up. We tried talk therapy. Didn't work for me. Like I said, I'm an action taker. I want like fast results and patience is not one of my virtues still to this day. Um, So that failed me. It failed us. It actually made our marriage worse. So I somehow started getting into the spiritual um, community and I can't remember who introduced me and how I got there, but I went out to the North Carolina mountains for a weekend and met this woman who had the presence of all presence. And when I saw her, my heart, like just knew that I had to work with her. And I worked with her in a healing session and then, and then she enrolled me in a priestess program. So I am a priestess, which is funny for some people. And I can explain that more later, but I didn't go down that path to do this work. I went down this path to figure out, are we saving the marriage? And can I save myself? It was my lifeline and it saved us. The reason I'm a mom is because I went down that path and, and was able to actually go down into myself. And, and through doing that work, I found that I betrayed myself long before he did. And it was, a, it was hard stuff to look at, you know, going all the way back into childhood and teen years and all the stuff, they just brought it all out. So the, pe- the, the priestess path is not something that's like women just gathering and having fun. You do some deep, heavy healing and it comes in hard and fast and it just rips you open and realigns you with your purpose. And by the end of me going through that training, um, I emerged as a priestess and, and made a community, uh, I guess, vow is what you would say, as the activator of uh, change and transformation. And I have held, held that and walked forward 
um, doing that to my best ability in my life and my child's life and trying to help women align with who they are, but from this place of inner knowing, not because somebody says you should be doing this or you should be doing that. It's really unraveling and unlearning so much of what was placed upon us and coming back down to the roots of who we are and really taking self-ownership. So it's really about self-mastery. So I'm still in shock. Like we're dealing with with a a bonafide nun on this podcast. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. So, I mean, like that's like, that's a lot. That's going to peel back some of those opinions a little bit. I mean, obviously like, this is why I like doing these podcasts because like you think you know someone, you think you know their stories, but then as you're diving in and you're having this conversation, who the hell would have thought that you would have went through like like priest priesthood? Like that's out of this world, right? So like my next question is like on that journey, right? I mean, obviously you have dancing, you have your business, a nun way over here, which I didn't see coming. Like it's not a nun. So let's just clear that up. Yeah. I am not Sister Jen. We understand. This is completely and entirely different. It is a woman coming back home to herself. And we are aligned with spirit in a way that we are soul driven, we're heart centered, but your belief system is your belief system. And within that, you get to choose what you believe. It's a lot about the energetics of what we do and how we move through life, how we show up, what our mindset is and how what we speak affects other people. It's taking um, it's self mastery how I show up for me and how that affects other people. Right. Not a nun. Totally different. (laughs) I stand corrected. So with that, right. If you could go back in time, right. And you you talked about like the difficulties of marriage, the difficulties of just general life that that you've had. And we haven't even talked about your adolescence. Right. But if you can go back in time and, and whisper something in your ears to affect the outcome or to change something that has happened or to make something happen a little bit faster, what would you first of all, when would you go back to and what would you say to yourself if you had 30 seconds to talk to yourself? I don't think it would be 30 seconds. I would say trust the process. Trust the process. And I probably would do that at 17 and a half when the first gifts came in because they were so big and so strong and so confusing. And I didn't have um, anybody to help me cultivate the gifts, Mm. which is also why I do what I do with women. I help them understand how to use what is natural to them because I didn't have that. It took me over 30 years. I had to cultivate what was natural to me. So in the cultivation of what claims not what comes natural to you, right? Obviously, I think elements of who you are of being a badass business owner, you've had to take segmentations and learn this on this journey. So I always ask this question because it, it, it's very interesting to me to figure out like when did this entrepreneurial journey start and who did it start from? So the question is, is like, do you have any siblings, parents, aunts, uncles that were entrepreneurs that you watched and probably admired as while you were growing up? Um, they all had their own way of doing things, but I got to say probably where it really started is, um, I've always been an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur as a kid, just like my little boy is stepping into, I was always selling something, creating something, doing something at a very, very young age. And I got to say, my parents were fantastic about encouraging that. My grandfather was a big part in really motivating and teaching me about money and business and working for yourself instead of somebody else. 
And then my one of my first jobs, not my very first job, I worked for Bob Wieson at Primerica Financial Services, Bobby. who is a heart-centered badass. I adore him. He really fathered me. So I worked um, first for their TV studio, and I was working there with Art Williams. I was around people who had that vibe, and people were, who were um, rolling in big money, but their hearts were just as big. And that had a huge impact on me. So I worked in the TV studio. I was running teleprompter back in the days when it was still like there in front of the cameras, dating myself here. And being able to hear those conversations, Art Williams, Hubert Humphreys, and then um, Bobby swept me up and, and got me to start working for him personally. And I was just in his energy field all the time and listening to how he talks. And he was just such a motivator naturally all the time, every day when he walked in, he was happy. And there was this just good vibe about him. And he used to pull me in his office and give me little pep talks and stuff. And he made a mark on my on my life in a big, big way. Nice, nice. For those that don't know who Bobby Busan is or Art Williams, I would definitely say you want to pause this particular episode, go to Google and do some research. Because the names that she's dropping, I mean, Art Williams is not only like a master coach in, as far as football goes, and he's based out of Georgia, but he created an entire enterprise that is still well alive and to the point to where it's in the billions of dollars of assets under management currently right now. So just to give you a little bit of history. And Bobby Busan was essentially one of his right-hand men coming out of the early days, right? Before Primerica even existed when it was under the Art yeah, Williams yeah, name. Incredible. Also a coach came from Auburn University. And um, I, I feel very, very blessed that I was around that at such a young age and just was able to absorb all of it and to see what, what they, where they were and where they went to and know that mm. life is limitless. Nice. Life is limitless. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, coming from like that Bobby, right? So, I mean, Bobby is a really big family guy as well. So how do you currently juggle like your work life with your family life? Um. I don't think there is a work life and a family life. I think we have one life. So the first thing is it's integrated. Uh -huh. And I allow my son to be a part of as much as he wants to be a part of. When I'm writing books, he comes in, he sits next to me, he sees what's up. He gets super excited when the books are actually published and in print. He goes through it till he finds my name. But I, I, I get him involved in the process. And I don't think it has to be hard. I think we were raised that we have a work life, a spiritual life, a personal life, this, this, all these different hats, which to me is ridiculous. You have one life, you know, and it's trying to juggle all of that, I think causes unnecessary suffering. So I have everything blocked out on my calendar, but it's one life and it just flows together. And soon as it doesn't flow, then I switch things up. That's when I know I'm getting out of alignment. If it doesn't feel good or it's starting to fatigue me or make me frustrated, then I know something's something's off. That's very interesting. So, I mean, that leads me to like my next question. You're talking about scheduling. You're talking about planning out your day. So I would think with that state of mind, then you pretty much have a pretty solid morning routine. So what are your morning routines or your morning ritual or morning habits? So now that we're back in school, school starts the day, right? I get up and just like other moms, pack the lunchbox and get everything going. But I always turn on music in the house first so that me and my son start with music. I believe that music is um, the frequency that it offers us is healing in itself. No matter what genre you listen to, it just, it puts me in the right frame of mind and, and sets my day. For me, I like to light candles and incense. That's just who I am. It starts me off again, just like 
happy. I start my day happy instead of in the frustration of hustling, hustling, hustling. I like to start out where it just feels easy. And, um, and we go to school and I come back and I have some time to myself. It's either reading or doing something that fills me. Um, it could be a morning walk, it could be reading, it could be whatever. And then I start my day. I start my day with clients at 11 on purpose. And I do that so that I have a solid morning. Now I didn't do that when I first started my business. It's something that took me longer than I wish it did. But I know when I start at 11 and I feed myself first, the energy that I offer to my clients is so much more powerful and the results are better. So I feel like I'm doing it for me, but by me taking care of me, I'm giving so much more to the people I serve. Wow. Definitely a powerful, powerful insight. And I think in a part of that, right, I mean, I think you and I, we first met essentially on a Thursday meeting, right? So like, let's talk about that a little bit. Like part of your morning routines on a Thursday is doing what exactly? So on Thursday, it's success champion. So that's where I step a little bit outside of my norm, but I uh, go do everything. Just like I said, get, that starts off exactly the same way. The only thing that's different is by nine o'clock, I'm hanging out with you and other SEN badasses. And that is something that feeds my soul. So it's kind of different. I'm not doing a walk or I'm not reading, but that is something that also feeds my soul. It's a way that I'm investing back into myself, right? And to me, no matter what level of coach you are, no, how, no matter how successful you are in your business, it's my belief that you always have to invest back in yourself. You have to be around people with high vibes that help you level up and keep you wanting to grow. At least that's what's worked for me. Like so often I will invest in a coaching program. I don't need the information, but I like being in the vibe. I like that feeling and, and, and being with high caliber people. And to me, that's why I enroll more so than thinking I'm going to get the next the next bit of information. Everybody's sharing the same stuff. It's just the energetics for me is what's the most important. And that's something I get from SCN. I think that if we can feed off of that energy, you'll naturally get to the next level. Nice, nice. So another thing that, that you mentioned about your morning routines, and it's going to be a three-part question. You, know, you talked about like reading books, and you also mentioned earlier on this podcast about writing books. So the first question is, you know, obviously when your journey you've been influenced by probably dozens of books. So what books would you recommend that you've read on your journey to get you to where you are? Question mm-hmm. number two is what books are you reading right now? You talked about reading books in the morning. So like, just talk about those books. Like who is the author of those books? And then part three is like, okay, obviously you're an author, right? So what books have you published and, and what books are you planning on publishing soon? Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's a lot. Yeah. Um, there's so many books that it's hard to recommend. I read a wide variety. So I read everything from spiritual books to business books to just books about learning random things because I am a, a curious person and in, in a, in a lifetime learner. Um, one that was big on my journey, I would say was by Don Miguel Ruiz, uh-huh. The Four Agreements. And it is so simple in concept, but the agreements within the book they, they are self-mastery and, and just reminding myself of those things constantly. And I first learned about him from Super Soul Sunday, watching Oprah. Um, 
and after reading the book, that's what brought me into the gathering of the shamans and, and learning from him directly in person. He's an incredible, incredible human being. Um, so I would say that one for sure. And I recommend that to a lot of people on their path. As far as what I've been published in, um, one of our other badasses, Laura DeFranco, who runs um, Bethesda Badasses with SCN. I, um, she's who I've been in all of her books level, let's see, The Ultimate Healing Guide, number three and four and then the ancestors within and then now my fourth book with her and just in this last year is um my personal book which is sacred medicine mystical practices for ecstatic living and the one that's coming up next right uh, hopefully in the beginning of 2022 is going to be wealth codes sacred strategies for abundance so that's the next one that i am currently working on so, I mean, you brought up a, like a, a unique um, authoring publication model, right? So, I mean, obviously people are used to, okay, I'm going to self-publish, I'm going to create my book, I'm going to put it on Amazon, or I'm going to find a publisher to publish my book, and then it's my name on the book. But you're doing more of a joint venture between multiple authors. So let's like talk about it a little bit. Like, how does that work, like behind the scenes a little bit? Like somebody that's listening, like kind of like, well, you, can you do that? And how do yeah. you? Oh my gosh, you can so do it. And it's so much fun. Um this is all thanks to the pandemic. So I'm thankful for that. I wouldn't have said yes to this project. I thought my first book was going to be a cookbook of all things. So I said yes to the first project with Laura and she brought me into this writer's world. And so the format of what we do is 25 authors. I'm leading the book so that I will be one of those authors. And we bring in 24 other authors to write a chapter where they share their personal story but they also offer a healing practice or a strategy to offer to the readers. So you're connecting with what worked for them, but they're also giving you this incredible tool to work with at home on your own. And it's just been incredible. Um, I love it. I love these book anthologies because you have 24 other people that are co-creating together and it just builds this energy that is just so incredible. I've, um, built really phenomenal relationships and businesses coming out of those relationships. Friendships have come out of those relationships. You also have a group of people now promoting the book instead of one person promoting the book. And it just has a different feel for it. It just gets this hype going and it's fun and you celebrate together and you go through the writing process together. And it's just, I highly recommend it. It's tons of fun. Yeah, so from, from a strategy standpoint, and I, and I just want to kind of like, I, like, I want to pull this out. So I want people to understand, like, she's talking about creating a book with multiple people, right? So from a marketing strategy standpoint, usually if you create your book yourself, you're going to have to figure out who's going to be your launch team, who's going to market the book for you, who's going to read and review the book. But her strategy is so sound in the sense that, like you said, you have 24 other people that are only writing one chapter, which essentially could be anywhere from like 1,000, 3,000 words, somewhere in there, right? And okay. then you have opportunity to leverage all the other communities of all these other authors so your multiplication factor of the marketing strategy becomes infinite it's overnight. fantastic and i can't take credit for that that's laura defranco's model and i am so blessed to be in her world she's one of my favorite people in the world i have so much respect for her and um yeah so like i said the first three i did under other people being the leads and now i've signed on um sacred medicine was my first lead project and i signed on to do three more over the next year nice nice yeah. so you're talking about in the next year where do you see yourself in 20 years from now oh my gosh i don't play that i think that's limiting to me 
I am going to be wherever I'm going to be. Because, and the reason I say that is because if I said it, which was my old way of thinking, that's what I was, I, I grew up, I was the geeky kid that was going to Zig Ziglar in high school instead of going to concerts. But when I set hard goals like that, I like to do visions. But if I set a hard goal, I feel like I limit myself. Right. And I don't, I want it to be infinite. I, I want to this or better. Right. So my big visions, I want to do bigger and greater things in the world as far as changing lives. My goal is to, I guess I'm going to re- rephrase that. The outcome that I want to create is aligning as many people into their passion and purpose that I can, because if I do that, they're going to go out and they're going to initiate other people into their passion and purpose, because that's the way it works. One, it's a domino effect Mm -hmm. and that can happen with negativity, but it can happen with positivity and alignment and people being passionate about what they do. And that's what I want to create because that's what's going to change the world my little boy grows up in. Nice. Very nice. So let's talk about, just go and move it into another topic, right? So you're talking about like your son loves YouTube. You're talking about writing books. You're talking about your clients. Like these are multiple different things that are going on on any given minute in your life, right? So what tools or software are you currently using that you would not be able to do all the different tentacles that you're doing without having access to? Google and Alexa. (laughs) It's nothing fancy, but uh, Alexa is somewhat of my personal assistant, like reminders and things all through the day. And I time block everything with Google. Everything is color coordinated and time blocked out and um, synchronized with my calendar system and everything. I couldn't, I couldn't function without my Google calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it's not for real. Think, I think the world is finally coming to the reality of that. That statement should be sound for everyone, but some people are still holding on to the older torches. So um, let's go into final words of wisdom, right? So this is an opportunity for you to talk to your ideal avatar or talk to a, a version of you that's younger listening to this podcast and being like, oh my God, I need to follow what she's telling me to do. So what words of wisdom would you give to the individual person to help them to move forward on their journey? Mm. Give yourself permission to be your highest and best self without any limitations that have been placed upon you. They don't exist. It's self-inflicted. We don't have to hold on to the past of what others think we should do. Um, Dream big and then dream bigger and bigger and bigger and allow that to guide you through. Like, if you can dream it, you can create it. Very powerful. I think that that kind of reminds me of, I think we had a um, networking session one time and you was telling everyone in the group as an activity, you want everyone to write down like that magic number, whatever that magic number was going to be for that week or that month. And that magic number is as far as the revenue they want to take in. And then everybody's writing these numbers down. Ah, that's easy enough. I know what number I want. And then you push the envelope and you was like, now add a damn zero at the end. And that's then, right. The awkward silence if everyone was like, excuse me, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yes. So push, yes. push, I think you're really good at pushing the limitations. And, and to your point about your, your 20 years, I mean, why put a cap on it? And I definitely respect that. So, I mean, how do people get in contact with you? Like, how do they, you know, what are you on Instagram, YouTube, your website address? 
I'm on all of them. Um, we can drop the, my link tree has all of the links on it. My website is my name, jenpisano.com. Instagram at Jen Pisano, Twitter at Jen Pisano, and LinkedIn, Jen Pisano. It's pretty easy. <laughs> nice, nice. So I got a couple bonus questions for you. All right, let's do it. All right. So outside of your, your son and your marriage, and I'm putting those two because of those are like sacred, outside of those two things, what is your greatest achievement to date? Mm. Oh, that's a hard one. Especially when I took out the family, right? <laughs> yeah, I would say being brave enough to heal my own bullshit. Mm. It wow. was, it, I mean, I'm proud of that. And I think all, all individuals, men and women need to be proud of that. Cause you, you, there's no way you get into even your twenties without some hard knocks and a few uppercuts. Right. You, so I think just being um, proud of where you are mm -hmm. and knowing you hadn't got started yet. Nice. Nice. It's funny that you, you brought up, I, that was another thing about your past that I forgot to mention as well, too, with the uppercut. You got a little martial art background as well to you, right? So I, I just want to kind of like paint this picture, right? So obviously there, there's cyan, magenta, there's red, there's oranges, there's all these different colors, but you're a very colorful, eclectic individual. I mean, you have dancing, you, you brought the whole priest thing in, you have martial arts, and then you have this business. So like my next question is really more so a bonus question that I like to ask because I know that, you know, being that you're so eclectic that I have no idea what your answer is going to be. I can't even assume or even guess what it's going to be. So my question is, if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Oh, Jackie Chan, I think. Now, pause for a minute. So I want everyone to understand, like, if I did not allude to this whole martial art background, would you have even assume she would have said Jackie Chan? Go ahead, continue. <laughs> First of all, I recommend his books. If you go back and look at some of the books written about him, talk about mindset. Oh. And I, when I was in martial arts and really actively, I just used to go through his book all the time, just going through the things that his life story. And man, he's a motivator like nothing else. And talk about defying, defying limitations. And um, anyways, he, he had a mark on me too, like growing up and, and doing what I did. I was the first girl in a boxing gym other than one girl that was six foot two, they called the hammer. I was the only other girl that boxed in amateur boxing. It was that long ago, it wasn't a trend. So I used to just study. I love the art of martial arts. I love the art of cooking. I love the art of what I do as a, as a healing practitioner, energy medicine practitioner. So I think like pulling anything out that can bring the arts into it, mm -hmm. like that's the, probably the common thread in everything I do. There's dance, there's cooking, there's all of these different things, but no matter what it is, I like finding the art within it. And I think everything has an artistic piece to it that um, if we can dance with that and move with that and know nothing is permanent, we are a masterpiece in process. And if you don't like what it looks like, you just paint on top of that shit. Huh. You know, you don't like the steps, you change the damn choreography. Huh. You don't like how it tastes, you throw some secret sauce in there. You know, it's like nothing is permanent. And I think we get so rigid because we were trained that there was good versus bad. And I don't think it's that way. I think it's just, man, everything has movement to it. Mm -hmm. And if we allow ourselves to dance with that movement, life becomes a whole lot more fun. Wow. 
Wow. So I, I'm just, I'm just, just recapping. And obviously, you know, Jackie Chan is, is he, he's one of my all time favorite actors as well, too. And I think people don't really know like who he really is besides on the screen. I mean, first of all, he is probably the, I think he's the second or third highest paid actor in the world. And his net worth is somewhere over $300 million, right? Like he's approaching half a billion dollars worth of net network, right? I mean, half a billion. I want you to understand that. Not, not half a million, half a billion creeping up on as far as his net worth. So I definitely commend you for, for bringing Jackie Chan up. I mean, he's kind of like a, a lost art form. I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about him, but he's, he's a definitely a landmark figure for sure. So going into closing, I mean, I, I love this, this part because when I close, I always give whoever I'm interviewing the microphone, the show becomes yours and, and you know, you become the host and I become the guest. What questions do you have for me? Oh my goodness. I want to know about your big visions as far as how you're making your mark with um with younger generations and what your vision is to bring that into form and how other change makers can support you and help you so like my vision for it is obviously coming through boston cage and you know understanding strategy models so i could definitely go after and target kids which essentially means that i'll have to be on TikTok and doing all the crazy stuff or I can go after business owners and entrepreneurs and people that have capital to support that venture. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, as far as like creating a 501c3, a nonprofit organization. But now I have access to all these unlimited entrepreneurs that are going to be more than willing and more than happy to then donate funds to this program that's going to be targeted towards age 13 to 18, which is essentially the next generation of entrepreneurs. Everyone that's an entrepreneur has a legacy mindset. They want to build some kind of, not foundation, but they want to leave behind something for their family. If it's not the same business that they have, at least understand what business is and how to make money for yourself. So why not create a foundation based upon the Boston Cage mindset for a younger generation? I love it so much that you're doing this for, for multiple reasons. One is a mom, but I've said for decades that schools need to be teaching children how to be successful and they don't get basic life skills in school or how to run a business or how to balance a checkbook which you know now is online but just those those basic skills of how to work with money how to create business how to take ideas and create them into form and I just I'm so excited that you're doing that and you know you have my full support in any way shape or form that I can be a part of it I think it's very very needed and um I just love that you're doing this and I can't wait for it to just pop. <laughs> yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, it's just, it's like anything else that, that I'm working on, right? Everything is, is coming to fruition slowly, but surely, but you know, to me it's slow, but in reality it's probably happening a lot faster than it probably would have happened if anybody else was doing it. So again, to keep up my standards to where I want things to happen a lot faster. And that's just part of who I am second nature. And I think you share that same philosophy as well, taking action and wanting the results instantly, but being realistic to say that, okay, when is this foundation going to happen? as soon as possible what date is that i, I don't know but t right. I trust me when i tell you when it happens everyone will know i feel confident in that <laughs> absolutely absolutely well, I, definitely, I definitely appreciate you being on the show today i think like you know anyone that's that's listening to this whether it's on our networking group or whether it's someone cold for the first time being introduced to you i think that you delivered passion you delivered your vision. You clearly stated about who you're looking for and how you can help them. And just by doing that, I definitely appreciate you adding those elements to this podcast today. 
Well, thank you for having me. You know, I always love hanging out with you. Great, great. I appreciate it. S.A. Grant, over. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.